Well, we've done it. We are now a paid subscription substack. Too Close the Call, which I launched about five months ago, back in January, as the year popped off. We now have a paid subscriber option, which some of you are taking advantage of, and I wholeheartedly thank you. You can do it for $5 a month, 50 bucks a year, you get a little bit of a deal. And then we have a founding member fan if you want to just generously support the funding of independent journalism. It took, I mean, to be candid, it took me a little time to get to this subscription, paid subscription point. Substack advises you to wait about a month or two months before you dive in and ask people for money. The, the idea is to get your sea legs and see how often you're going to post and how much content you can produce. And I was reluctant to do that, to ask for money. Because it's hard. It, it's awkward. That's why I always think it's awkward for politicians to, to have to get on a phone and ask people for money all day long for something they want to personally achieve. I feel the same way about journalism that eh, it's a little awkward. It's a little icky to ask for your money. But the amount of time that goes in this, preparation that goes into this, I think the price is fair. And this is the future. We're going to have to pay for journalism. We're all going to have to do it. And we're going to have to make decisions on who we just subscribe to and why. Everything's going to be popped up. You're going to get a paywall because that's the only way it gets funded. And that's the way it should be. Journalism is very cheap. It is the best deal out there. And I know you can't subscribe to everything. I get that. So I appreciate those of you who have already subscribed. And I'm using this rant as a little bit of a promotion to sign up. Um, subscribers are going to get a little more content. That's just the bottom line. They're going to get premium rants, probably the more spicy ones that get blowback. I will save for the subscribers that are paying because if you're going to complain, you should pay five bucks for it. <laughs> that is sort of my mindset. So we're going to do more rants. This one is obviously open to everyone because it's a little bit of a promo, but we're going to do more rants. I'm going to do more rants. Again, not like there's more, more people than... I that, that is doing this. So more rants and then more posts that will be paywalled for subscribers, including our Senate rankings, which I just launched this week, five days from election day. We have ranked the top Senate races, giving full analysis of each race, where they stand, where they're heading, the latest polling numbers, the latest fundraising data, all the ins and outs on Senate races. And we highlighted six top battlegrounds, which you can read in our June rankings. We'll be doing that monthly through Election Day. We. Why do I keep saying we? Like I've got a business here. It's me on my bar stool. Anyway, that's the promo for the paid subscription pivot. I hope you'll at least consider it. Let's get down to business. 
I wanted to talk about the status of the midterm election so far and the primaries, because we are at a good place, a good midpoint, We're about to enter summer, we're about halfway through 2022 primary election season. About half the states have gone, a little more than half the states have cast ballots through this primary season, which began in Texas back in March. And then just this past week, California and a slew of other states, New Jersey, my home state, all voted in primaries. And what I'm finding, I, I, I raked over the results for a while and tried to come up with some big profound conclusion about what we're seeing voters express when they cast their ballots. And, you know, in journalism, it's, you're looking for that angle. What's the theme? What is the connective tissue that ties together a big story? But I got to be honest with you, this year so far has been a mixed bag, and I'm calling it the mixed bag midterm. Because what I wanted to find is a theme that, you know, either the progressives were having a great year or they weren't, or Trump is just racking it up and showing his dominance, or he wasn't. And the more I dug into the results, the more I found, oh, this is, unfortunately, this is a nuanced story. Voters are acting differently in different places and different races. Let me take you through the evidence for this of the mixed bag. So we're constantly measuring, is the progressive wing of the Democratic Party ascendant? The, the sort of Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren wing. Are they winning? Well, let's go to the tail of the tape. They've suffered some big losses. Henry Cuellar in Texas, the moderate that they've tried to take out repeatedly in cycles. He looks like he's going to hang on over Jessica Cisneros, who is the progressive back candidate who had all the progressive endorsements. He's hanging on to a 187 vote advantage in Texas. That's a big blow to progressives. Cuellar had an FBI investigation that he was ultimately cleared from, but he had some baggage. And they've tried to take him out multiple cycles. Hasn't happened. That's a loss for the progressives. Unless the recount goes Cisneros way, 187 votes is the difference. Go to Ohio. Nina Turner, the Bernie Sanders campaign chairwoman, just got crushed by the incumbent there, Chantel Brown. She made a lot of noise in her campaign, uh, lost by 32%. Big loss, big L for the progressives in Ohio in that race. And then in California, just this last week, Chesa Budin. Is that how you say it? I, I didn't look up his pronunciation before I did this. He's the San Francisco district attorney who was recalled easily in California. A lot of headlines around this. You've probably seen that Democrats sort of view this as a refer, or I should say pundits view this as a referendum on where voters are on crime, even liberal voters. And San Francisco is out of control as far as the homeless population goes, as far as crime, as far as shootings. They were called their pretty liberal progressive district attorney. So those are three just data points of, of, of true progressive losses. But they've had some wins. They've had some wins. Flip the coin in Oregon. 
Jamie McLeod Skinner beat Kurt Schrader, who is a moderate Democrat. Anytime you beat an incumbent, it's notable. He went down to primary in Oregon. Oregon. It's not Oregon. Oregon. Please uh, email me all the uh, words I pronounce wrong during this rant, by the way. Jamie McLeod Skinner won in Oregon. Andrea Salinas, another progressive-backed candidate, won a primary there. And then Summer Lee in Pennsylvania, which she won a very close race against more moderate candidate who progressives are heralding by 978 votes. Pennsylvania had a couple close elections. But Summer Lee in Pittsburgh, she won a Pittsburgh area congressional primary. She'll go on to the general. And those are wins. McLeod Skinner, Salinas, Summerlee, those are wins. Those are wins for the progressives. So there, you know, there's wins and losses. It's not, it's not a clear, it's not a clear cut. Different places, voters are doing a little bit different things. It's not as easy to, to write a headline. Progressives are losing, or progressives are on the downswing or on the upswing. It's a mixed bag. Then I would flip to the Republican side. Look at the Republican side. What are we all watching? What are Trump-endorsed candidates' success rate? Are they winning? Are they losing? Well, as you can probably predict by now, it's a mixed bag. I think you have to give Trump credit for the wins that he produced for Senate candidates in Ohio and North Carolina. J.D. Vance and Ted Budd, he endorsed. One he endorsed early, Ted Budd. The other he endorsed late, J.D. Vance. They both won. I think he propelled them at least help propel them to victory. I think you got to give him that. Um, Dr. Oz, he won barely. Certified this week, final tally, he won by 951 votes over Dave McCormick in that wild primary. I think the best primary of the, of the cycle so far was that Republican Senate primary in Pennsylvania. And Oz won, and I think, you know, a win's a win. So Trump gets credit for that. If Trump doesn't back Oz, does Oz survive that primary, having negative favorability in a Republican primary? I don't know. I think McCormick might sneak past him, or who knows what happens with Kathy Barnett. Maybe she peels back a lot of the Oz Trump voters. Um, Anyway, I could talk about that Pennsylvania race for weeks. But anyway, J.D. Vance, Oz, Ted Budd, those are Trump wins. But he also had some big losses, in the first half of this primary season. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, he went, that was one of his big turkey targets. He went at him hard. Kemp defeated David Perdue by 52 points. 52 points? I could lose a race in Georgia by 52 points without anybody's backing. I maybe can do a little better. I am a little Atlanta Braves fan. I think that would help. Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state in Georgia, he cleared his primary without a runoff, won by 19 points, even though Trump went at him and, and backed his opponent. Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina, another Trump-backed opponent. Now, Madison had his own problems, as we all well know. The Republican establishment went at him hard, and they had the oppo of him saying things and you know, dressed in drag and in bed with a dude. and So, you know, can't settle, put that all on Trump, but he was a Trump-endorsed uh, candidate. Lost. And then governor's races. Trump has not had good luck in them. Brad Little in Idaho, he targeted. 
He backed the lieutenant governor. Brad Little won his primary. And then Trump got into the Nebraska governor's race, picked the wrong candidate there. So in the competitive races, you know, he's betting the real competitive races. He's, Trump has obviously endorsed a lot of candidates, but in the real competitive races, he's batting barely 50-50 on these where he's, he's getting involved. Also, I should probably mention in California, since the most recent, uh, David Valdeo a congressman from California, one of the Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, looks like he has survived and going on to November. California has a special system where the top two go to November. So it doesn't look like the other Republican running against him will finish with more votes. So he'll go on to the general election against the Democrat. And that was another race to watch on Trump's power. Anyway, you can't write an easy headline about whether Trump's winning or losing. Is he dominating the party or not? It's a mixed bag. So I've laid out the progressives side, the Republican side, how the midterms so far are a mixed bag. So what a watch going forward. Alabama, June 21st, is the next contested Senate primary where Trump has gotten out of. He endorsed Mo Brooks to begin with. He has pulled back his endorsement. Mo Brooks is now begging him to get back in. But Katie Britt looks like an A-grade candidate, an exceptional candidate, good on camera. And I think she's going to win that race. But let's see what Trump does. Then there's a slew of primaries in August. This is why it's halftime. July goes in a little bit of lull. We get in the summer. People chill out. But you got the Arizona Senate race where Trump has endorsed Blake Masters in a competitive primary. So that, that'll be one to watch. If Masters wins that primary, that's probably Trump's doing. He gets credit. Missouri. Missouri is going to be big. Eric Greitens, who could be a pro- problematic general election candidate given his baggage in Missouri. I have heard Trump thinks Greitens is going to win, but is holding off on endorsing. So... If he's looking like he's going to win at the end, watch Trump there. He may get on the Greitens board because he'd like another Senate win. And then Murkowski in Alaska, which they have a different system where the top two go on to the general. And I think Murkowski advances, and that's not the final verdict on there. But what's the vote total? Is she the top vote getter in in that primary where all the parties are in one? Uh, election. And then, of course, Wyoming, which I think is the, the Trump's easiest next target, Liz Cheney in Wyoming. There's polling out that she's down to Marriott Hegman by double digits. Uh, but Arizona, Missouri, Alaska, Wyoming, those are the August primaries going to be very important to Trump and Trump's primary record as we head into the fall. And then what to watch on the left if you're a progressive. So I'd watch the Wisconsin Senate primary. The Democrats trying to pick a candidate to go against Ron Johnson there. Elizabeth Warren has gotten in the race for Mandela Barnes. She's backing him, an African-American lieutenant governor. Uh, But there are some other progressive candidates who are going to portray progressive bona fides, I should say. Watch if more Democrats or progressive leaders get involved in that race. 
And then I would look at the squad. They both, two of those squad members, Rashida Tlaib has a primary challenger in Michigan. Janice Winfrey is a county clerk, a city clerk. And she's talking about carrying a gun in her district because it's gotten so violent. Again, the crime wave stuff, Democratic primaries. Watch that. Rashida Tlaib is incumbent. She's going to be tough to beat, but we'll see. Corey Bush, the, the newest, one of the newest members, newer members of the squad from Missouri, the St. Louis district. She's getting a, a primary challenge from state center named Steve Roberts that I will have my eye on. And then New York, which moved its primary because they had so many problems drawing their maps. Uh, the, the premier race there is going to be in New York 12 congressional district. Carolyn Maloney and Jerry Nadler have been drawn in the same district. They're going to go at it. They're sort of two titans, gray beards. Nadler's going to try to, I think, position himself as the progressive for going after Trump. But they both got progressive uh, credentials. And then you have a third candidate, Siraj Patel, a new guy, trying to go up the middle. I think it makes it tougher for him against two incumbents. But New York will have some signs. And I think you got to watch those squad races. Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush, how vulnerable are they to a, mod- a more centrist challenger in the Democratic primary? So that's what to watch for. I think we're about at the time limit for the rant, but just one more plug for the subscription base too close to call, 50 bucks a year or five bucks a month or be a founding member just to show your generosity to Dave. All right, that's enough. Thanks.